Chapter Two of Peggy Raymond's School Days, or Old Girls and New, by Harriet Lemus Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two, Thirty Minutes for Refreshments. The bell giving the signal for the noon recess was always a welcome sound to the students of the girls' high school. When one stops to think of it, the dinner bell, even though brazen or possibly cracked, has a melody all its own. But on this particular Wednesday, as Peggy Raymond put away her books in compliance with the summons, she told herself that in another hour she would have starved to death. Peggy was blessed with a good appetite twelve months in the year, but nothing rendered her so wolfishly ravenous as protracted study. By the time she reached the corridors, the march in the direction of the basement had begun. From classrooms and laboratories trickled the little tributaries to the stream of girls sweeping down toward the school lunchroom. At first glance, a stranger would have been impressed by the unlikelihood of recognizing the most familiar face in the kaleidoscopic throng. But by the time Peggy reached the head of the stairs, Priscilla had her by the arm, and Amy and Ruth were awaiting her. The agreeable odors of hot chocolate rising like incense prompted Peggy to hasten her steps but Amy seized her by the arm and forcibly detained her. "'Wait a minute. I just want you to notice that picture across the hall. Doesn't she look like Marie Antoinette on her way to the guillotine?' Peggy looked and found herself smiling at the aptness of the comparison. The slender figure, standing back till the hurrying line should pass, had a suggestion of disdainful aloofness not inconsistent with the reputation of the ill-fated queen. "'New girl?' inquired Peggy. She'll be second year, I guess. She's having a hard time to get her credit straightened out, because she's always had governesses or attended private schools till now. You can see what she thinks of us plebeians, Amy ended with a wicked chuckle. Why does she come if she dislikes it so? Priscilla asked, coldly resentful. That's not her fault, dearie. Last year they sent her to a school near New York, very select, you know, and Genevieve picked up a good many new ideas and wasn't sensible enough to keep them to herself. And all at once, her father announced that as long as his daughter was an American, he was going to have her brought up like one, and that's why Genevieve is continuing her education in the public schools. But it's awfully hard on her, associating with the bourgeois. How's that for accent, Peggy? I see you're getting to be quite a shark in French. Have you noticed that I'm improving? Peggy asked happily. Amy Dubois and I have been studying our French together after school. It's awfully good of her, because it stands to reason I can't help her any. She speaks French almost as well as she does English. Luckily, no one noticed the tell-tale crimson of Priscilla's cheeks. The greater part of the hungry procession, headed for the lunchroom, had passed, and Genevieve Alden, recognizing a familiar figure in the quartet at the head of the stairs, crossed impulsively. Ordinarily, Genevieve held Amy in comparatively slight esteem, as her father was by no means rich, and her mother laid no claim to being a society leader. But in the unknown perils of her new environment, the sight of Amy's plump, good-humored face was welcome. "'Good morning,' remarked Genevieve, in a tone intimating that the morning and all pertaining to it was very bad indeed. "'Good morning,' responded Amy, and briefly performed the ceremony of introducing her friends. "'We'd better hurry,' she went on, "'or they will have everything eaten downstairs.' "'If they'd only eat and go away,' said Genevieve plaintively, "'I wouldn't care whether they left anything or not.' Isn't it simply dreadful? To a nature less sensitive than Genevieve's, the scene in the basement might have seemed cheerful and animated rather than depressing. About the round tables were ranged stools, many of them already occupied. The majority of the girls, however, 
were still selecting their luncheons from the menu provided tea and coffee were tabooed as not being conducive to the health of schoolgirls but big pitchers of milk and gallons of hot chocolate promised solace to the thirsty from the stove kettles of hot soup emitted savory odors and platters piled high with sandwiches and other receptacles loaded with cakes and fruit gave the cheering assurance that no one need go away hungry everything was sold at so reasonable a rate that few girls paid more than ten cents for their luncheon and as amy had been heard to remark on fifteen cents one could simply gorge oneself frosted cakes to-day remarked a girl who passed them carrying a soup bowl in one hand and a loaded plate in the other peggy smiled as radiantly as if frosted cakes were the realization of her lifelong dreams but genevieve alden looked appalled i wonder she murmured addressing herself to ruth what class of society a girl comes from if frosted cakes seem an event oh dear the last exclamation did not indicate that genevieve had been splashed with some of the hot liquids carried past in bowls and mugs or even that she had been jostled but merely expressed her profound and deepening sense of dissatisfaction with everything when the four friends found seats at one of the tables further down the corridor all were uncomfortably aware of genevieve's presence discontent is a peculiarly pervasive quality in her present mood of resentful unhappiness genevieve was admirably fitted to act the part of the death's head at the feast successfully checking all tendency to undue hilarity even peggy who was blessed with a magnificent lack of self-consciousness found herself more than once nipping some casual remark in the bud for fear it would meet the disapproval of the silent and dejected genevieve the approach of two smaller girls each very erect and important dissipated the unaccustomed feeling of constraint the foremost addressed herself to priscilla will you please walk with me on the roof after you've finished a little smile tugged at the corners of priscilla's lips i'm afraid there won't be a great deal of time for a promenade i'm so dreadfully hungry this noon i don't care if it isn't more than five minutes replied the small girl earnestly if only you'll come and in the meantime her companion had turned to peggy please will you walk with me oh bless your heart yes but hurry and get your luncheon peggy replied with very much the air of a doting grandmother and then as the two girls moved away she bent her head and laughed priscilla too indulged in an appreciative giggle anyway we know we're seniors now peggy she said we couldn't be sure without this it's the custom in this school explained amy seeing that genevieve looked mystified for the first-year girls to fall desperately in love with the seniors no senior girl feels that she's the real thing unless there's some freshman just hankering to send her violets how very interesting murmured genevieve looking at her ham sandwich as if she wondered what it was doing on her plate it is it's interesting to the freshies because they're so dead in earnest and so jealous of one another and all that and it's interesting to the seniors because it gives them practice in being adored and of course the rest of us enjoy looking on and thinking that's what we're coming to i don't like it said peggy abruptly and with so much earnestness that they all looked at her why i think you're one of the lucky ones your crush is a perfect little dear remarked ruth with the air of patronizing superiority so characteristic of girls of seventeen toward girls of fourteen kitty why of course she is i've known the child for years and i'm awfully fond of her but when she slips little notes into my french grammar telling how she adores me or brings me chocolates instead of eating them herself i can't help worrying they're only playing suggested priscilla soothingly of course they aren't so dreadfully fond of us as they think they are it's like playing dolls only different yes but it's real while it lasts 
Peggy persisted. Don't you remember how in our second year a freshman slapped somebody who was walking home with the senior she'd picked out for herself? How perfectly loathsome! exclaimed Genevieve, speaking with the animation she reserved for purposes of criticism and showed at no other time. But after all, what can you expect from such a rabble? I certainly shouldn't expect that, returned Peggy warmly, sorry she had made use of the incident for all that it illustrated her point so excellently. Nothing of the sort ever happened in this school except that once. I only spoke of it to show how seriously the freshmen take things that seem like a joke to us older girls. Some of the seniors have an eye to the loaves and fishes, remarked Amy, who had a certain shrewd insight into people's motives which frequently surprised those who thought of her merely as fun-loving and jolly. One of last year's graduates, Clara Gifford, went to the moving pictures nearly every day with that little Hudson girl. I don't know how the child managed it either, for her father's anything but rich. Who could lend me two cents? I want another frosted cake. They are delicious. An examination of the combined funds of the company resulted in Priscilla's producing a spare penny, while Ruth contributed the second. Amy hurried off in the direction of the cake platters, whose somewhat denuded appearance indicated the advisability of haste. And almost immediately her place was taken by a thin, angular girl, whose face, while not exactly agreeable, indicated a remarkable degree of strength and determination for one so young. "'Amy's not coming back, is she?' the newcomer inquired, with a glance at the empty plate. "'Yes, she's only gone to lay in a new supply of cake,' explained Peggy. "'But there's plenty of room for another stool.' Then, noticing that Genevieve was regarding the new arrival with a peculiar fixed attention, it occurred to her that these two classmates were possibly not acquainted. "'Oh, Addie, do you know Genevieve Alden? This is Addie Dwight, Genevieve. You're both second year, aren't you? I should think you have some classes together.' "'We do, several,' said Addie, nodding toward her classmate, in recognition of the introduction. "'But we haven't happened to speak yet.' Judging from the contents of her plate, Genevieve had only made a beginning of her luncheon, yet at this point she rose, and murmuring something which might have been an explanation, or an apology, for all anyone could understand, walked away. The other girls exchanged surprised glances. "'What happened?' Peggy demanded. "'She hasn't finished, has she?' Whether Genevieve had satisfied the pangs of appetite or not, she had evidently finished with the lunch-room, for she was now seen ascending the stairs with a marked stateliness of demeanor. Amy came back in time to hear Addie's hard little laugh. "'I guess I can explain it,' she said. "'She doesn't think I'm good enough to sit at the table with her.' Amy had no difficulty in guessing the subject under discussion. "'Nonsense!' she cried, dropping upon the stool Genevieve had vacated, and the others echoed her verdict with hearty derision but these well-meant efforts at condolence seemed to have surprisingly little effect on Addie. She was naturally a pale girl, but now there was an ominous spot of color on either cheek. "'You don't know what you're talking about,' she retorted. "'I do. You see, I have to earn money in the summer. I couldn't go to school if I didn't. And last summer I took care of somebody's baby, of Mrs. Langley Ashton's baby.' "'It's such fun taking care of babies when they're nice,' observed Peggy." Now uncomfortably apprehensive that Addie had offered the correct explanation of Genevieve's unceremonious departure, and anxious to atone, as far as friendly sympathy could do it, for the other's rudeness. "'The baby was all right,' replied Addie, without enthusiasm, "'and I could earn almost as much money as I could clerking, and my board beside. And then the family went to the seashore, and every pleasant day I was out with the baby hours and hours, and it was almost like a vacation.' Addie had spoken with a curious, monotonous fluency, as if rehearsing an argument made familiar by endless repetition. 
then she looked across at peggy who was just beginning to say that she wished somebody would pay her to spend the summer at the seashore and interrupted the well-meant assurance somewhat ungraciously that's the trouble you see the aldens and the ashtons are neighbors at home and they went down to the shore at the same time genevieve must have seen me wheeling the baby around i-i had to wear a cap confessed addie with a gulp and now she looks on me as a servant my dear said amy consolingly as she disposed of the last crumb of frosting genevieve looks down on all of us oh from the most tremendous heights those natural-born aristocrats must be terribly lonely think of all the hundreds of girls in this school and not one for genevieve to associate with the friendly terrace girls laughed encouragingly but addie did not share in their mirth her face was not pleasant to look upon at the moment though its peculiar strength was more noticeable than ever i'll get even with that girl some day she declared a little hysterical catch in her voice she can treat me like the dirt under her feet now if she likes but some day she'll wish she hadn't the moment was awkward the two freshman girls were approaching to claim their partners for the promenade which every pleasant day took place upon the flat roof of the school building and which in spite of the necessity of climbing four pairs of stairs was not the least popular feature of the noon recess peggy and priscilla rose to accompany their ardent escorts and the faces of both were troubled i see just how you feel peggy began longing to be sympathetic and yet woefully conscious that sympathy was not addie's great need only it isn't worth while perhaps genevieve has some good reason for going away but if she's as silly as you think you ought to laugh and let it go at that it was really very good advice but even peggy realized that in addie's place she would have experienced some difficulty in acting upon it it's getting dreadfully late peggy said the plaintive voice of kitty fox and peggy turned away with a meaning glance in ruth's direction intended to suggest that she continue the task of soothing addie's ruffled feelings as addie left the table almost at once ruth had no choice but to follow leaving amy alone and contemplative to-morrow i hope genevieve finds somebody else to honor with her company the sort of thing at luncheon every day would give us all nervous dyspepsia if i had another two cents i'd get one of those frosted cakes i really need something to brace me up End of chapter 2